Imagine coming straight out of university and having an idea for an app. Imagine all the anxiety and struggles you would face and problems you would need to overcome with your lack of experience. But also, imagine the unique sense of confidence because the younger you are, the less you have to lose. Find out how a successful smart locker app company unlocked the minds of young entrepreneurs and more in this episode of Forward Thinking. Hey everyone, I'm Darren Lake, the audio content manager here at Medigy. Welcome to Forward Thinking, a podcast by Medigy. In this series, we speak with inspirational business owners, brands, and marketing experts to learn from their experiences on the front line and uncover what it takes to build a world-class business. We're joined in this episode by co-founders of Yellowbox, Vanessa Zhao and Hojong Tang. They explore how an idea at university birthed and grew into the successful smart locker app it is today. Some facts about Yellowbox. It works with the highest quality locker manufacturers to provide a complete hardware and software solution to meet your needs. Yellowbox currently operates in Australia, New Zealand, and now Europe. If you're in Sydney, their newly installed locker technology is available at the State Library of New South Wales, Mossman Swim Center, and around Randwick's beaches and aquatic centers. What you'll learn in this episode, how the idea of Yellowbox came about, how to face challenges at a young age, the impacts of University of New South Wales acceleration programs on Yellowbox's growth, how Vanessa had to pick between a full-time grad job and gaining momentum with the startup, and much more. Here's the chat we had with Yellowbox co-founders and Medigy's head of content and employee number four, Brendan Hill. Vanessa and Hojan, welcome to the show. Thank you. Hi, Brendan. Thanks, Brendan. Super excited to talk to you today. I only met you, what, about six months ago in an innocuous little dumpling bar in the middle of Chinatown in San Francisco. And here we are back in Sydney. You've booked your first revenue. You're getting some traction with Yellowbox. So I'm excited to unpack your journey so far. So can you tell us a bit more about what Yellowbox is? Yeah, so Yellowbox is essentially a network of smart lockers that you can hire using the Yellowbox app. And they're found currently in nightclubs and at Coogee Beach. And we're looking to go into other retail stores and train stations alike. All right. And what's the business model for Yellowbox? Yeah, so we offer the boxes for free to all the venues, very similar to vending machines, and then customers pay us $2 an hour. Right, right. Yeah. And I know you guys, in the early days, you had lots of feedback from customers. So you went out to some of your venues, like the nightclubs, Mm -hmm. uh, for example. So what was that like going to nightclubs and actually gathering <laughs> data on the front line. <laughs> it's as weird as it sounds. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> oh, so no. um, it was us four founders mm. sober at 1am <laughs> at random nightclubs next to like sweaty 18-year-olds <laughs> dancing. But it was actually one of the best nights of my life, yeah. I'd say, because we watched people download the app for mm. the first time and completely intuitively understand how to use it, wow. hire it, and share a yellow box with their friends. So we gathered information on what they like to store, which is typically a jacket or a handbag. And um, they were happy to enter the credit card details. And we got our first revenue that night. So super exciting and really surreal experience. Yeah, I think the way to describe it would be surreal. Mm. It's hard to kind of envision once you're building a product or starting a business, how it's going to actually be used mm. from the customer. Mm. And it was, yeah, quite surprising, quite surreal. Um, yeah. I think it all happened to us earlier than we expected. Yes. So we were always talking about, you know, when we get revenue, but it happened so fast that we were almost like a bit short-sighted. Mm. Wow. And um, yeah. 
Yeah, that's awesome. And how did you guys come up with the idea? Because, I mean, I've got some friends. One's a, a good listener of the show, Kristen Phillips, and <laughs> she actually has lost two laptops. She's lost her right. phones. I mean, I bet she would have loved a solution like a smart locker yeah. at one of these venues. Is that how you guys came up with the idea? Or what was the inspiration? Um, so I came up with the idea during a user experience design course, and we were just tasked with finding some sort of innovative idea. And the main reason was just to learn wireframing and the basics of your works design. But... Um, I was inspired by the lack of storage options at uni, at university specifically. And mm. um, I was more thinking of like an Airbnb, but for bags scenario. But then I realized that people inherently trust physical lockers more than another stranger. And that's when I thought of having that kind of hardware in place. And I think the whole picture came together when I started thinking about the share bike system with Ofo bikes and Lime bikes. And so pretty much this is a very similar setup, but for smart lockers. Mm. So all the dots connected and mm. the idea came about. And you guys obviously love a challenge. I mean, you guys are super young. You're dealing with hardware and software. Mm -hmm. Good fun. How do you deal with so many challenges at a young age? And I guess you don't have much experience. So how have you made up for that in other areas? Well, I think it actually helps us a little bit because mm. we don't see many challenges as barriers. We just attack it head on just like any other project that we get assigned, whether it was from university or from work or from life. All we've known is just to tackle it head on. Mm. So you think that degree of, I wouldn't say naivety, but... Yeah, yeah, I, was, no, yeah I would no, call definitely. it naivety. <laughs> I would say it's like a blessing in disguise because then when you're not conscious of, oh, I'm like older, I should know this and you mm. hide anything like fear of being judged or anything. Now it's just very blatant. We're young. We don't know anything. We're naive and like probably don't know as much as everyone else. So we just, we can just be ourselves and just ask the silly questions and mm. learn more. I don't think I've ever had anyone from Gen Z on the show before. Oh, no oh okay. So are you guys Gen Z? What is Gen um, Z? I don't know what I am. I'm, <laughs> I'm born in 98. I think on the cusp. On the cusp. Yeah, yeah basically... It changes every year, I think. Mm. But, really yeah, I'm a tourist. Technically. <laughs> whatever that means. Yeah. I don't know what Gen Z is. Um, yeah, I think on just, just Gen Z, yes. And what insights have you got from, I guess, being so young? Mm. Have you identified that that generation is one of your target customers and how do you communicate with these people? Yeah, that actually helps a lot, being able to have just so many people within our own networks to get advice and feedback from so readily is mm. has been a big help for us. And I, I know all the people that have helped us, their insights have been really helpful within our product, our app, and our processes. Mm. So I think it's been, yeah, been quite helpful for us. Yeah. I think it's like they say, like when you're building a product, you need to be building it for yourself as well. Like mm. I think that's the strongest point when you know, oh, this is what I want to use myself. And mm. we've been really lucky in finding that our target customer in the end, our early adopters are really just teenagers and, you know, young people our age because they're quite digitally savvy. They're all across, you know, Uber, um, hiring things on demand. Mm -hmm. So um, we've had access to that network as well as our own experience and empathizing with, with what young people want. And so you started this business straight out of university, is that right? Yeah, so we actually started it while we were at university. So I was oh. in my third year. I think everyone is, was around there. And we entered a university pitching competition called the Peter Farrell Cup. And so that really pushed us to kind of validate our idea and get all the business model basics um, in place. 
And um, we were lucky enough to get runner-up for that. And that gave us like five grand just to kind of get an MVP out there. And that's how everything started. Mm -hmm. And did the university give you any other support after that? Yeah. So once we entered into the Peter Farrell Cup program and were immediately introduced to the UNSW Founders program, which helped us understand what what the university had on offer for us. And that led us to understanding more about and learning the well, the opportunity of the 10X Accelerator program, of which we we went through last August. Yeah, I think we so finished last August, yeah. I think wow. 10X is one of the most well-known things from like the whole entrepreneurship division. So like everyone's heard about it and we knew that that would be the perfect like next step for where we were as a business at that time. And so since entering that, that kind of really just made us take everything seriously mm. and ex- accelerated us literally a lot. So... <laughs> Another yeah. tough choice that you had to make personally, Vanessa, you had to choose whether or not to quit your full-time job and join Yellowbox full-time. Yeah. Can you tell us the story behind that? Yeah, so um, it was basically at a crossroads where we had just finished an accelerator program and our business had gained a lot of momentum. And so I knew that um, with that the holiday period coming up and all those, just pretty much the deduction of momentum is like the death of your business. So it was that I was at that point where I was like, making these big questions like, what do I want to do with my life? Do I want to be working with, for someone else or working on Yellow Box? And I thought Yellow Box was really just like a, such a gift. Like I didn't expect to be able to work on a startup so young. So I thought there was like, at this age, there's not really anything to lose. So mine as well just make that leap of faith mm. and um, hopefully learn more from the process. Right. What other kind of emotions were you feeling at the time when you had to choose because it was with a pretty reputable yeah. company, the job? Yeah, so... (laughs) I don't want to mention anyone by name. Yeah, it was a pretty good, like, grad job, just your typical, like, straight out of uni grad job. And um, it was definitely a safety net, and I knew that it would, like, help me progress career-wise. But then also, like, though I was learning things, I didn't feel like I was as challenged as I would be in a startup role. So in terms of emotions, I would probably be feeling a lot of anxiety, but over all of that, it was, like this deep gut feeling that I was making the right choice and excitement. Just um, I made that choice not out of obligation, but out of what I really wanted to do with my life. Like I just had a really strong draw to do it. So, yeah. Yeah, awesome. And talking about Yellowbox's future. So you've come out of the University Accelerator at UNSW. You're getting some traction with the nightclubs and beaches that mm-hmm. you mentioned. Are you taking like a Uber city by city playbook approach? Are you starting local? Are you getting the data? Are you getting customers from each city? I just mentioned this because share with Oscar, who were on the podcast mm-hmm. as well. Last month, they mentioned that they executed a similar strategy and now they're moving their business into Brisbane and Melbourne. Is mm. that something that a similar path that you guys are going to follow? Yeah, pretty similar. I think we're looking to gain the network effect that we want to achieve in Sydney where mm. a user is able to open up the Yellow Box app and see within at least a kilometre or probably less than that a Yellow Box within distance that they're able to access and use. Yeah, nice. And talking about the actual marketing strategy now and getting these people onto the Yellow Box platform, can you talk us through your marketing strategy? Yeah, so it's quite a multi-channel pronged strategy that we use. The The beauty of our product is it is a physical product and you're able to capture the imagination of the customer as soon as they see it. 
And that's where our branding and our physical marketing on our lockers really come true. And that's what we do a lot of testing with and ask our customers a lot about, which is what kind of messages we put on our lockers and what kind of styles, colors, and kind of prompts we use to allow them to download the app and know exactly what they are supposed to do intuitively. Mm. But then alongside that, as Gen Z, we do we know the channels that essentially our our market utilizes, and that's mostly um, your Instagrams and Facebooks. Yeah. Nice, nice. And can you talk me more through the physical branding and I guess how you came up with the whole Yellow Box brand in the first place? When we came up with the Yellow Box name, we really wanted the name to be literally the product. Right. And... It is literally just a yellow box and we want that, we think in terms of our businesses, barriers to entry, establishing those, the strongest one we actually have is just the brand itself. So we really want to have that long-term game in terms of marketing strategy where slowly but surely people are referring to it not as, oh, one of those smart lockers Mm -hmm. that you see around, it's a Mm -hmm. yellow box. And I think that's something that we're already seeing customers use just in their vocabulary. And so that's something that's we're hopefully using as a tool in the future mm. and for branding. Yeah, and I think to speak more to branding, we have identified sort of a branding strategy for our company in that we're not branding ourselves as a safe company or a company that's going to, you know, hold up your most valuable objects and make sure that no one's able to get through and access them. We're building a brand that encapsulates the idea of people going on an adventure Mm-hmm. And Yellow Box is the path to go on that adventure where you're able to be hands-free, stress-free and really have a good time without mm-hmm. any sort of deterring emotions. And what's the feedback being like by these early adventure takers? Mm, yeah. Hmm. In terms of branding, we haven't asked them. Oh, no, in terms of branding, the, the overall, overall experience. Yeah. yeah, so I think that people are getting it. I think that's the big factor is that people, once they've used the app once, they understand the whole system. Mm-hmm. And we've literally had people just cold um, message us on Facebook Messenger saying, love the idea and you should have it at this place, for example. So I think overall the feedback is just that it's got promise and we're kind of seeing the beginnings of market product, market fit. And um, it's just about product improvement and making it much more seamless and intuitive yeah and how did you get that high degree of seamless interaction in the early days with the users oh we definitely didn't start off with seamless no it was a very like the obvious things that we should have accounted for that kind of misguided users through the the wrong ui ui why like yeah strategy yeah the wireframes yeah and that took a lot of testing to kind Mm, of really draw out the what exactly customers were thinking at the time and what would sort of guide them through. And well, the big lessons we learned from that were you really need to prompt pe- prompt customers and prompt users, especially in an app where users are really used to just flicking through and getting guided the whole way mm. and limiting the amount of decisions to be made as possible yeah. um, unless required. So we ran lots of user tests at university And then um, we're kind of lucky that our first test group is just, everyone's quite intoxicated. So it's like the (laughs) lowest common denominator. So if these people can understand it, then wherever else we take it, they can. So the nightclubs are like one big experiment in itself. Massive test, yeah. um, We're quite lucky that they're open every Friday and Saturday only. So we've had kind of like those sprints where Mm. um, within a week we'd launch a new version and test it and observe and yeah. Yeah, And go again. Yeah. 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 We had Tarek on the podcast 
and he's the founder of check.com.au and he's building in a lot of geofencing functionality into his marketing strategy. You know, people interacting with shopfronts and then getting offers to use his app instead. So, I mean, a famous example would be Snapchat with their geo filters that only mm-hmm. gets activated when you're in certain geo perimeters. <laughs> Is that something that you guys are looking to do with Yellowbox as well? So, I mean, if someone approached one of your nightclub venues, for example, would they get some kind of push notification that there's a yellow box nearby? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, exactly. You've pretty much hit the nail on the button there where customers within a certain location of a venue um, would have the opportunity to be notified of whether there is a yellow box conveniently close by and if they're available for them at that moment and at that Mm. time. And we're hoping that that will be a benefit to the partners adding that feature because um, one of the beauties of the app is that it should bring in foot traffic to wherever it is. So um, customers are drawn to walk further into a Westfields to find the yellow box because they've seen it on the live map and that could, yeah, just promote foot traffic. Yeah, and we know from talking to customers, one of the things they do think about is whether a nightclub or a venue has a cloaking room or a storage solution for them before deciding upon going to that location. Right. And so by having geofencing, uh, it's quite a simple solution that would allow customers to know immediately if a venue has a yellow box or not. Yeah. Well, guys, super impressive stuff at the early stage of your careers. On to the struggle section now of the podcast. So, I mean sounds like you guys are killing it, but I'm sure you've got a few nagging issues as well. So what's in your current business black box? I mean, what what type of problems are you currently trying to solve? Yeah, I guess we touched on the point that we were like, we're quite young. So I think one of the drawbacks of that is that we haven't had as many years to gain those industry connections. So we've had a bit of trouble getting warm introductions and making those enterprise Mm -hmm. sales. And we've really been relying on cold calling and kind of that cold emailing strategy. But I know that warm intros tend to be a lot more effective. So Mm -hmm. I think that's one of the challenges right now. Yeah, I think we're just pretty much attending more networking events, just trying to get ourselves out there. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think that's probably the thing that takes most of our time now, which is getting in front of the right people Mm. and being able to tell them and take them through the story of Yellow Box and how we could potentially help their customers. Mm. Any tips or tricks that you guys use to get in front of these hard to get in front of people? Yeah. So something that helped us in landing a couple deals were doing a lot of research. So in particular, we always believed councils were going to be a very tough roadblock to enter into, especially for a startup. But we found that by doing research and looking into public records of strategies and overall Yeah, essentially overall strategies that councils are looking to implement. We found smart cities, smart beaches were a clear strategy that many councils were implementing currently and in previous. And that's something we could align ourselves to and pitch ourselves through, even through a cold email, which would sort of isolate that you have done the research and you know exactly where you can fit into the council strategy. Mm. And yeah, that's helped us Mm. a lot. Yeah, nice. And in terms of tools now that you guys use for your marketing, are there any tools, maybe $100 or less, that really stand out that have helped you so far? 
I love I love Canva. I think we've made so many of our marketing materials like Instagram posts, um, yes. designs for the actual lockers, like yes. the sticker vinyls. Oh, wow. So one month, I don't know if I've told the team, one month we spent, I think it was like $17 or something on like premium Canva. And that was so <laughs> worth it because, because you get all of the, your custom, um, what's it called, font for your like business font, just right. uploaded into Canva and all the colors already done for you. So it's just like click of the button. You can kind of make everything yellow box branded super quick. Nice. Yeah. Um, if you can't do Photoshop or don't have enough time to learn Photoshop, mm-hmm. Canva's the way. Yeah, exactly. And any tools from you, Hojan? Uh, well, we're starting to utilize some email scraping tools, which are generally free. And then HubSpot, we're starting to utilize that, which helps us with our CRM and making sure that we're able to track emails and understand the effectiveness of our emails. Yeah, nice. And in terms of learning business and marketing, how do you guys do that? Are you big readers at all? Yes, I really like reading. I think I oh, love really? those like <laughs> cringy self-help books, but like I'm, I would actually say that they're really helpful Yeah. just because like we haven't done anything like this before. And I think mm. you get education to do anything else or like any other trade, but like why not for startups, even though it's so um, unclear what the path is, but I think you can still pick up so much from the learnings of people who successfully done it. Podcasts are good as well. Yeah, podcasts yeah. as well. Mm, simple. Especially this one. Yeah, oh, of yeah course. especially. Yeah. Of yeah. course. And any specific book recommendations, Vanessa? Yes. So I would say um, I finished reading Zero to One just over Christmas. and Oh, by Peter Thiel? Yeah, yeah. And that was really good. That was really helpful just in terms of kind of help how to keep that open innovation mindset um, mm. as you grow. And then another one would be Steve Jobs' autobiography, just because I'm a huge <laughs> fan. And I, I think I learned much better through, like, stories as well, like the real stories, not just, like, you know, the oh, this is how we did it right. Theory. But mm. a lot yeah. about how things went wrong and, yeah, I'd say those two are pretty good. Yeah. What about you, Hojan? Any podcasts that you can recommend? Obviously, aside from this one, I've been listening. Yeah, I think we've all been listening a little bit to Y Combinator mm-hmm. podcasts. I think they're, I think as young founders, I think what we want to know is just all the tools to the trade, the basics. And alongside being part of 10X Accelerator and learning through podcasts, I think we've been able to catch up to speed quite quickly, even with limited experience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Vanessa and Hojan, thank you for all the value you've dropped so far. You can find all the resources mentioned at metagy.com forward slash podcast. So we've come to the exciting section of the podcast now, the abstract questions. <laughs> so question number one, oh, good. if you could have a billboard that all business owners could see, it could have text, visuals, whatever you want, where would you put it and what would it say? Uh, is that for yellow box? can be for whatever you want. Billboard. You guys are good at the physical branding as well, so I'm expecting a fantastic <laughs> location. Yeah, I was thinking, okay, so I've literally thought down this path. So where I would put it for yellow box specifically is opposite a yellow box. And it would be like, turn around. Oh, okay. Like, so a really big location, obviously. Like, yeah. I don't know if yellow box was in like central station of like the biggest train station in the world, mm. but um, it would be like, are you tired of carrying that handbag? 
turn around. And it's like one of those engaging ones where it's like, oh my gosh. So you play on the other physical mm. advertising and it'd be yellow boxes behind them. But mm. yeah, they're all like, yeah, they, those things look a bit heavy there. You, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's not arm day today. Yeah. <laughs> turn around. Give yourself a break. Yeah, give oh, yourself. it's a yellow box. What? Oh, let me, oh, let me oh, get the app. What a surprise. Like it. Yeah. Good benefits for the mm-hmm. users. I like <laughs> it. And the final question today, are you guys ready for launch? Yes. Yes. That's good because you're on the first flight to Mars. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you guys are getting there. <laughs> <You> got us. <laughs> With Elon Musk and the first settlers aboard the SpaceX Starship oh, rocket. Yes. Nice. What business are you guys going to start when you land on Mars and how would you market it to the new Martians? <laughs> With Elon Musk, you say. <laughs> well, I've got a theory that... <laughs> yes. Well, the Martians are going to be a bit freaked out by Elon Musk's dance moves. So <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a hazard. That's, yeah, right I think it's a bit of a risk that we need to mitigate. Yeah. And I think they would pay loads of money. A lot of money. A lot Definitely. of money. Big There's bucks. a massive market to get him some dance lessons. I think so. Because that first contact would be pretty awkward. Yeah, I, I think so. <laughs> you don't want awkward to be the no, first no, no, point no, of no. contact. First, yeah. impressions first impressions Between last. humans yeah. and yeah. Martians, I mean, I don't know. Obviously, we have to send Elon. We can't mm. send anyone else. Yeah, but no one else. He's got his weaknesses. Like yes. as yeah. as yes. much as we love him, he's and got his weaknesses. Yeah, so we're we're solving that problem. I like it. Yeah, clear problem, clear market, clear solution, profit. Willingness <laughs> to pay. <laughs> so, guys, thanks once again for coming in and dropping so much value to the audience. Thank you, Brendan. How can people get in touch and find out more about Yellowbox? Well, um, you can find us on LinkedIn, Facebook, uh, Instagram, and Twitter. Yeah. Just type in yellow box and find the yellow box and you'll see us. <laughs> awesome. Follow the yellow box. I like it, guys. Once again, thanks for coming in. It's been fun. Thank you so much, Cheers, Brendan. From Medigy, you've just listened to Forward Thinking. Again, I'm Darren and Medigy hopes we helped you find more insights and tips into your business. To find out more about Medigy and get a listener-exclusive three-month free trial, visit us at medigy.com forward slash podcast. And while you're there, go and check out some more episodes. If you like what you heard, please share a link to another business owner or marketer who you think could get something from this. Also, to help us out, it would be great if you left a five-star review on your favorite podcast app. Last, never miss another episode by following or subscribing to us on your favorite podcast player. See you on the next episode.